Dr. Kathy Keene. Today's guest is the president of WorldTree, a social enterprise working to sequester carbon with fast-growing empress trees. Using crowdfunding to raise capital and an eye on climate justice, WorldTree shares profits with local farmers and investors. Kathy will share insights about her work and her superpower. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe. Welcome to the Superpowers for Good show. Kathy, thank you so much for joining me. It's just a thrill to connect with you and to have an opportunity to get an update on WorldTree. Oh, I'm delighted to be here, Devin. Thank you. Well, uh, you know, the work you're doing at WorldTree is just remarkable. And it's one of the, um, and I don't mean this as investment advice, but it, it sure seems to me to be one of the greatest climate change investment opportunities around, and it's available through crowdfunding off and on. And uh, so I just am eager to get kind of the update on us. Tell us a little bit about how things are going at WorldTree. Okay, well, maybe I'll just give a little bit of an overview so anyone who doesn't already know WorldTree has a bit of a sense of how we work and how the investment plays into it. So uh, WorldTree, uh, we have a number of different missions um, around, you know, uh, contributing hopefully to solving or at least being a part of the positive influence in relation to the climate crisis, um, tackling some of the deforestation that's happening in the world. Uh, the United Nations says that demand for lumber is going to quadruple by 2050. And if you try to try and get your head around that fact, you start to wonder where is all the wood going to come from because we can't grow trees fast enough to, to meet the demand. So Wendy Burson, our founder, who's I know has been on the, the show before and she shared um, some of our stories, she was the one that really came up with this idea of we could grow trees in these tree farms using a very special tree called the Emperor Splendor Tree and use that as a way of um, avoiding deforestation and also um, sequestering carbon at the same time. And the Empress is a really, really, really fast growing tree. And uh, if you can see here behind me, I'm gonna bring this to the screen so you can get it in, in the context of the size of my head here. Uh, this, is, this was from an eight year old Empress tree. <laughs> wow, eight years old. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, that's unreal. Yeah. It's like a science fiction tree, isn't it? Just I know. It's like, it's totally, it's like, if you know, if you got any knowledge of trees, it's kind of hard to get your head around. This was actually grown in Tennessee, super, super fast growing. Uh, this is one tree ring. That's like one yeah. year's growth. And um, all of that, of course, is fueled by photosynthesis, the uh, absorption of carbon from the air. And so really, really good on multiple fronts. And when you cut the tree down, it regrows without having to replant. So yeah. for me, when I first met Wendy in 2015, and I'm like a, I'm a tree hugger. I'm like a total tree hugger. And I'm like, oh, but we have to cut the trees down. Like I didn't like that side of it. And she's like, no. First of all, we need a renewable source of lumber. And second of all, the tree will grow, regrow after you've cut it down. So we just keep on regenerating over and over again. Uh, and so we thought to ourselves, well, we want to grow a lot of these trees and we want to grow them with, with farmers. Um, 
how are we going to fund the program? And so we came up with this program, which we call the Eco Tree Program. And every year, as you say, we bring in groups of impact investors. You know, often they're tree huggers like me, um, people who want to do good. Um, we can't grow that many trees in our own backyard, but the farmers grow the trees for us. And then when they're mature, and they take about 10 years to mature, which is just crazy. Uh, when they mature, we sell the lumber for uh, you know for profit, hopefully, you know, or disclaimers, you can't say for sure. Um, and then we share the profits with our farmers and our investors. It, yeah. it, it is just a, a magical program. Of course, the, the trees regrow. I think uh, Wendy told me about seven times they'll that's come right. back. Eventually, they get tired of growing. But, but that's like 70 years in, seven trees worth. Uh, amazing, amazing yeah. trees. And, and so the economics are astounding for tree planting. Yes. Uh, if yeah, you just, how tall? If you just, yeah, if you just conceptualize it. So if you think about a tree we're familiar with, like a pine tree, there's a lot of pine grown in the south, lots of problems with pine farming, which we won't go into, but there's a lot of pine grown. It takes like 25 to 30 years. And, and when you cut the pine tree down, there's no regrowth. And in fact, the soil is so rotten at that point, you can't do anything with it because all you've had is like a dark pine forest, nothing else. We grow regenerative um, tree farms, so they're often mixed with other other trees, other crops. And in the time it's taken to grow pine, you've got three harvests of empress trees. So just the volume of lumber that you're producing is of a completely different scale. Yeah. Now, how tall would that tree that you have the rings from there, how, how tall would that tree be after eight years? At that 35, size? 40 feet. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a lot of lumber, isn't uh -huh. it? That, that sure seems like a lot of lumber. Uh, uh -huh. it, it's just uh, amazing what you've got going on. Um, let's talk a little bit about your success with crowdfunding, because a lot of this has been done through Reg CF and Reg A, where ordinary investors have been able to participate. Uh, tell us a little bit about your experience with that. Yeah, so... Um, it's been a really, really important part of our journey. So, you know, first first thing was we wanted to have our eco-tree program accessible to everyone. So the farmers in our program, we've now got over 300 farmers in our program. They're mostly small family farmers. And we wanted the same thing for investors as we wanted it to be available to everyone. Why should these really cool, interesting investments only be available to people who are already wealthy. And it's kind of, it's, it's, to be honest with you, it's much easier to raise money in some ways from wealthy people. There's less regulation, there's less paperwork. You know, the SEC says they already know what they're doing. So there's less red tape to go through. And so it was a real puzzle for us in those early years was like, well, how do we make this available to everyone? And we just we we just happened to launch the EcoTree program at the time that the crowdfunding regulation came available. So we've been around the crowdfunding space really since the start. We've done two rounds in Canada. We did we've done three. We're I think now on our fourth round in the United States. We're just about to launch a um, on Start Engine a new crowdfunding campaign, and it's been so empowering for us and our farmers and our investors to be able to 
join together in this way. Because if you think about it, you know, really, if I want to make a difference to climate change and I can maybe, you know, put in a thousand dollars or a couple of thousand dollars, enough to offset my own personal carbon footprint and plant some trees, but you're sort of like wondering, well, how much how much good is that really going to do? You know, I, I could make some yeah. money and it's kind of cool, but how much good is it really doing? It's when you put it all together in the package, when you're part of a group that's doing it and you can look around and, and see the others and you can see the farmers. And we make a point at World Tree, we do a lot of events where we bring back together the investors and farmers and we've had some real tearjerkers where the investors and the farmers have been on the same zoom call together at the same same meeting together and they're acknowledging each other you know the farmers are so appreciative that they get to participate in the program and then for the investors it's our dream come true to see our trees and you know growing so beautifully with the farmers yeah the 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 climate impact and the social impact seem to be aligning really nicely by leveraging local farmers and you you're doing this around the world, right? It's not just in Tennessee. Oh, absolutely. So um, Southern United States, but also Costa Rica, Guatemala, and Mexico. And um, that's partly to spread the opportunity. It also has a financial. So everything that we do always has the two, two sides. It has the environmental side, but it also has the business and finance side to it. So we worried a lot in the early days about planting all our trees in Tennessee, for example. I mean, you just don't know what could happen to one location. So we thought, okay, if we diversify, we spread our trees across many different locations. If something does happen to one farm, it doesn't impact greatly the entire portfolio for everyone because we've diversified the risk across all the different different farms. Yeah, that, that really is uh, brilliant, brilliant. Uh, and it does make perfect economic sense uh, to as a, a way of hedging risk, right? If you so when when a, when someone invests, they're not just getting a little uh, set piece of acreage in Tennessee. Instead, they're getting a diversified portfolio, a share in the in that year's plantings across many different farms, right? Yeah, exactly. It's got if you think about the big institutional investors, the pension, the ones the guys really with like the massive tens of millions of dollars they're putting into forestry. That's you know, that's what they do. And we're doing the same, but we're doing it on an even larger scale and we're doing it with like regular regular investors. Yeah, that's great. Uh, it, it, it sounds so incredibly sophisticated and high impact, and yet it's available as an investment to every, you know, Joe and Sally on the planet, or at least yeah. in the country. Yeah. yeah. I like to think that like, people like me can invest, right? So yeah. uh, I really love that part of what we've done. Yeah. Well, Kathy, you really are... Uh, an amazing human being. You've got this critical role as the president of World Tree. You're super well educated. Uh, what do you see as your superpower? You know, it's a really interesting kind of question because, um, 
you know, while I do have some, you know, fancy credentials, I've got the PhD and, you know, I'm creative and a good problem solver, all of those kind of things. Um, I don't see those as my superpowers. In fact, I'm not even entirely sure I buy into the superpower idea because I think that all of us are able to engage with, well, maybe we don't all have the same opportunities, but we all have the ability to engage with ourselves and bring ourselves to the next level. And I think maybe that's a place that maybe I didn't know it as a superpower, but I was lucky was I got introduced to transformational education about 20 years ago. And, and Devin, I was like, when I started in business, I'd come out from university. I was a lecturer for 10 years for anthropology. And when I came out of university, I was so acutely shy. I couldn't be on the phone with anyone. Like I literally, I would free, if I had to be on a, on a phone call with somebody or a phone call with somebody that I didn't know would be excruciatingly painful wow. for me. And, um, and I was fortunate enough to be introduced to some transformational education. So I started to look at the mechanisms that make up Kathy that make me so stuck in some places and stopped in other places and, um, and that's ongoing work that I've done for over 20 years now of like continuing to relook at myself. And um, uh, personally, I've been through some quite challenging personal situations. So I have lucky of this amazing work that I do. Um, my husband was given a fatal diagnosis of cancer diagnosis about three years ago. Um mm-hmm told you had six to 18 months to live, uh, which, by the way, really puts the, you know, everything in perspective when you're given that kind of um, news. And because of all the work that I'd done with myself and with um, my own self-inquiry, we're able to really be with that diagnosis and continue work in the world. And um, my husband is now, we just got another scan result yesterday. He's been clear of cancer for a year. Wow. Wow. Clear of cancer for a year from like, like basically you've got six to eight, you know, six to 18 months maximum. And, um, and there's a just real feeling of like celebration and delight and gratitude that we get to be in this beautiful world, get to make a difference with the work that we do. My, my husband also does work with World Tree. That's why I keep saying the we. Um, so I, I don't know to what, I don't know how exactly that answers your question in terms of a superpower. I just think we all want to in this world that we live in with the envi- big challenges like the environment and then personal challenges like health issues. We want to arm ourselves with, everything we can to develop ourselves as human beings. That makes perfect sense. Um, As you reflect now, you've had a a great opportunity to put this idea of sort of arming ourselves with every opportunity. You've had a chance to look at this from 
a career, professional, personal development standpoint and from this deeply personal level. Yeah. Experiencing your husband's illness and recovery. What would you recommend as steps for creating this personal, may I call it resilience? Yeah. Yeah. Resilience is a good word. Yeah. What What would you recommend people do to build that? Yeah. So I would ask, I mean, for me, what I did was I looked around myself and there was like a few people around me who just seemed to have the lights switched on. You know, they just seemed happier than all the other people. No matter what else was going on, there wasn't their circumstances. They weren't wealthier than everyone else. They didn't have like better circumstances or like it was none of those things. They just seemed to be happier. And I... I asked them what they were doing and there was common themes. There was common courses, programs, books, inquiries. I mean, there's a certain, there's so much noise out there. There's so many people, so many things, you know, it's like, how do you find the real deal that's going to work for me? Uh, I just asked, I asked the people that looked like they were the happiest and took advice from them. That is really, really, really wise. <laughs> what's some of the what's some of the best advice that those happy people gave you? Um, so there's a course they recommended to me called the Landmark Forum, and um, some people watching may you may have heard of it, Devon. Some people watching may have heard of it. That's what they've done. I was like, okay, you you can sign me up for that. Then I'll give that one a go. It sounds good. Uh, that was uh, that was transformational. That was absolutely key in this like breakthrough from being a shy, unable to speak person to somebody who could. It wasn't even like um, it wasn't like I came out with more courage. I was just more okay with being a bit of a mess. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, like, stop trying to pretend everything's figured out and we've got all of the answers. Like, that yeah. doesn't work. And and by the way, there is no way I could do the work I do with Worldtree if we were supposed to have all the answers because yeah. nobody's done Worldtree before. I mean, when Wendy came up with this idea and then I started working with her, no one gave us some kind of book of like, here's how you do an eco tree program, and this is how you do with these trees. And now you've got two thousand yeah. investors. How you communicate with them, and what do you? No one gave us any of that. And and sometimes it's hard, and sometimes it's messy. But I'm okay with not having all looking perfect about it all of the yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. Now, clearly, I see how accepting yourself and the mess that you are, and, and I say that as one who is a big mess, right? Um, <laughs> and I did not no, plan on coming on here talking about being a big mess. I would rather people think <laughs> that I was like, like not a mess. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. But, but um, no one's a bigger mess than I am. And so <laughs> I find this really encouraging. Um it seems like that is um, an essential piece to what you're talking about. But it also seems like that foundation um, 
needs something stacked on top of it. A- am I right? And if so, if there, if we need to add something more to accepting ourselves with the mess that we are today, what is what is it that we add on top? Yeah, to build that resilience that we were talking. Well, about? yeah, I think. Well, first of all, this is like if you're okay with your own humanity is another way of saying that. It's like yeah, it's a little less shameful. Maybe this mess there. <laughs> and compassion for our own humanity is a starting yeah. point. But then that only gets you only gets you this far because because ultimately there's got to be some bigger goal there, right? Otherwise, I'm just going to you know what am I going to do all day? Just you know. I don't know, but if you've got something like some kind of bigger goal that's worth all of the work, all of the you know personal work, but also the the work, the day to day work, and so for me, it's that bigger vision of where we're going that that's like okay, well that is bigger than me. That's 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 if I'm going to have a life where I'm dealing with with challenges and problems. I'd much rather have a life dealing with a big challenge like climate change or the fact that like half the world isn't talking to the other half of the world. Those are big, those are big problems. So let's have breakdowns with the big problems instead of my own petty little ones, which aren't that interesting anyway. Um, And then inside of that, I think what I've personally found is really, really the key to it is is operating with a level of, um, you know, one word for it would be integrity, but it's like, okay, living true to my word. So when I say we're going this way, when I say we're creating a program that's going to be life-changing for farmers, I've just, I've just given my, you know, I've said it and I've created something so now my actions need to line up with that word. We've got thousands of investors, hundreds of farmers. We've got a big game for the planet. So it's going to take me lining up with that to have it have the magic happen. Um, so I think that's the next piece on it is on top of the, the messiness or the compassion is like lining up with something that's really bigger than I am. Yeah. That is such a great punctuation mark, a great exclamation point to this conversation, uh, to have that big aim. I'm, I'm so grateful that that's where you went. Uh, it, it aligns so well with superpowers for good, right? That's mm-hmm. kind of the point. And, and what I hear you saying in a way is that, that to, it's inherent and important in just being successful, right? That there be a big aim. So yeah. thank you. Uh, Kathy. Uh, as we wrap up here, let me invite you to take a minute and tell people about World Tree in a, a pragmatic, actionable sense. How can they learn more about the next investment round? How can they uh, find more information? How can they connect with the company and with you on social media? That sort of thing. Make sure that people have something to do yes. to keep in touch when, when, we're, when we're done with this conversation. Yeah, thank you. So, uh, you know, at the, at the base level, engage with us on Facebook or on our website and sign up for our newsletter, which is called Impactfully Yours. And it's really a leadership series on different things to do with impact investing and the environment. And it keeps you engaged in that kind of conversation. That's like level level one. Next level, 
look at our investment. We do a, a new investment every year. We're now in the 2022 series. Each year we get a little bit better and a little bit, you know, we keep on building. Um, so we're excited this year. We're just about to launch on Start Engine. Depending on when you're listening to this, we're probably out there on Start Engine already. So um, I'm sure the link will be in the, in the show notes. And go take a look. It's going to be, you know, the, the lowest minimum investment we've ever done. So it's like easiest on ramp to get your toe in the in the water in terms of uh, investing with WorldTree. So take a look um, and share us with your friends and family. It makes a huge difference. Oh, fantastic. Well, Kathy, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been a joy to get to know you and to get an update on WorldTree. We wish you every success with all your work, especially your upcoming crowdfunding raise and the great work you're doing to reverse climate change. Hmm. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to share. All righty. Let's do some good. Thank you for tuning in to the Superpowers for Good show. Twice each week, we host changemakers who share their impact, insights, and superpowers. Don't miss another episode. Subscribe today at superpowersforgood.com. That's superpowers, number four, good.com. Be super empowered. Get your copy of the book. Superpowers for Good as an ebook, audiobook, paperback, or hardcover edition via your favorite online retailer. Interested in having me speak to your company, organization, or association? Visit devonthorpe.com. Then let's talk. Now, keep using your superpowers for good. Together, we can reverse climate change, improve global health, and eradicate poverty.